Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I'm going to share my prayer of one. I hope my prayer today, Father, is that at least one person gets one thing from something we say here today. That's what I call the prayer of one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Really uh, it's inspired and happy and, uh, and excited to have Mr. Todd Veyon. He is the founder and president of Capital Planning in Villeplatte, Louisiana. Welcome to the show, Todd. Good to be here, Todd. So we didn't know each other much uh, before this interview, but I've read his book. He's written a couple of books and also many YouTube videos. He's Insta-famous online, and uh, he and I have a lot in common. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Todd. Well, I've been in the financial services business over 30 years ago, I guess, and uh, we built a family practice, uh, capital planning. But, you know, I look back and I think it's, it's only through the grace of God that it was able to happen, and so... Uh, that's the one thing that uh, I wanted to come through in my book, Money Help, Holistic Economic Life Planning. It's really more about God, motivation, and money than it is about any specific financial plans. Because as I, I went through a lot of coaching, and I was met and introduced to a lot of wonderful people all around the, the world. I met Matthew Kelly, uh, different people that I admire, and uh, was coached by different people. The thing about it is, is that in so many of those circumstances, I just felt they weren't bringing in God into the equation. And that was the whole reason. It's almost as if it, you had uh, taken information from the Bible and incorporated it as your own, when the truth is you can take any motivational speaker, and if you, tra- you can trace it back to the Bible. That's where all good comes from. I mean, that's my mindset, and that's what I guess you could say inspired me to write the book and what I try to share with people every day. Uh, in Christian capitalism, as I call it. Now, this guy's on fire, and uh, both, both I would say, as a businessman, because I, I appreciate good sales and business, and also as a Catholic. And he's made uh, Axtratreat and, and Crisia, like I have, and we have a whole lot in common. But take me back uh, to your, maybe your youth, and tell me where your faith comes from in your family, uh, and, and then how that has spread in your life as a youngster. Well, I was blessed to be raised in a strong Catholic family, and... Uh, I attended Sacred Heart, graduated from there, Sacred Heart of Bill Platt. Uh, by the time I was around 15, this is when I think it, uh, it really my, I formed the attitude that I have today because I read a book called The Power of Positive Thinking with Norman Vincent Peale. The thing about it is, is that that was my first introduction to motivational coaching. And what I loved about it was those two things. That the main takeaway from the book, and it stayed with me forever, was Phil 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I will share with you the other thing was if God be for you, who can be against you? But Phil, Phil's the one. I call him Uncle Phil. <laughs> uh, my friend Phil. I love that. Yeah. And by the way, that's my wife's favorite Bible quote. Awesome. I have it all over my house. Yeah, there's a reason I'm here today, I guess. <laughs> no coincidences, that's right, right, Todd? That's right. And uh, the thing about it is when I was a kid, Phil 413 meant something to me in, in the respect that I could be Superman. I mean, back then it was like, you know, if I put my head to it, I love sports. You know, uh, always wanted to be uh, involved in competition. And to me, that was like a battle cry. It was like, you know, if I work hard enough, I can accomplish anything. Now, as I went through life, it came to mean something else on a different level. And uh, I think that's when I, I guess you could say my faith uh, changed direction. Because Phil 413 
going through different things in our lives, it, it came to mean that no matter how hard things are, and even when you don't get what you're trying to get, that you can get through it anyway. So it's a dual meaning. It's a double-edged sword. And it, it became, and it is in our family and in our business, uh, something we have on all of our, uh, anything that we have, we have it on our billboards and everything, is Feel 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That, that about sums it up. For, for Again, it started when I was 15 years old, but it really manifested itself uh, when I came through uh, Christia and then later Acts. Uh, it, it just, uh, you could, I just felt a change in myself. And that's what the, me to develop the YouTube channel I have as uh, Christian capitalism. Do well to do good in the world. To help other people to do well to do good in the world. That is the theme of Christian capitalism. And you know, Todd, interestingly enough, a uh, little bit of research, many people would argue that capitalism began with the Benedictine monks. You can go back and see where before that, monks basically would uh, beg for alms. And they started producing things, and they had an excess, and they sold it. And guess what? They were able to take that profit and help other people and put it into different things, schools and so forth. And, you know, that's something that the world has taken away from us, the power behind success. So in Christian capitalism, the theme is always God, motivation, and money. Money is not a bad word. Money is simply a tool. It's the love of money that is evil. Mm. It's just a tool like a hammer or a saw. And when it's in the right hands, and that's why we work so hard to keep money in the hands of Christians, because we want that money spent on things that we value. And unfortunately today, we often see our federal government spending on things that are completely contrary to our Catholic faith. You know, so that is the mission of Christian capitalism. Spread the word that it's okay to be successful because no one in poverty ever funded St. Jude's. And that's just the way it is. I love that. So, you know, we got into that little bit of a discussion in my office regarding tithing. And then also, you know, there's so many biblical things where they say, and I, and I had a guest actually uh, last week, uh, a few weeks ago, that um, they, they, they're missionaries and they, they, they literally read the Bible that said, sell everything and go follow me. And they did. And so, this is, you're kind of the opposite of that. And I love that because, you know, I believe that profit's not a four-letter word. We couldn't be in business otherwise, you know. But, but how do we, tell us how you balance your Catholic faith with also money. You don't hear those two things except when the church is asking for money. But personal wealth, you know, how, how, how does that mix? Well, to explain that, I'm going to share with you a children's book that I wrote. And there's a long story behind how that came about. Uh, we can save for another time, but... Uh, it was not my intention to write children's books, so uh, I'll let you know at a later time how that story went. But the, the theme of the book is simple. We are all created by uh, our Lord with different skill sets and different gifts from God, uniquely different, okay? And together we're better. So the book is about teamwork. Well, in that sense, some people were called to be monks. Some people were called to poverty. Some people were called to be super successful in the world and to turn around and form organizations like St. Jude, which was formed by Danny Thomas. Just look around you and look at all of the wonderful, beautiful things we have. It, those things came from wealthy people. So my goal is for people to have the right mindset. And the mindset of Christian capitalism is the theme that I, that I want to do my best. If I can convince 10 people to look at the world different, I think I'll have accomplished my goal, is basically to do well, to do good in the world. 
how do you feel about tithing? You know, this is how I feel. You know, it's not literally to be like, oh, it's 10%. You know, I see a lot of people like, oh, boy. So, you know, I don't count. I'm not counting, but I know that the good Lord has blessed me and I'm going to bless others, you know. And so I'm, I try and do what I can, the best I can, and it's something that's on my But tell me, what's, what's the financial side of that? This is how I feel about tithing. And one thing I love about the Catholic Church, it's never mandatory. If you notice, it's never mandatory. It has to come from the good of your heart. And tithing takes on many forms. And I'm not an authority on the subject, but my gut feeling tells me that you can tie to the church, you can tie to places like St. Jude's, but there are individuals around our community, sometimes anonymously, families that need money. And I can see circumstances where you can even actually go to the priest and say, hey, I got some money, but I really don't want them to know where it's coming from. I know they're going through a hard time. You know, all of that is tithing. It's just having an awareness of what's going around you in your own community. You don't have to travel. You know, although it's wonderful to go to missions, you know, there's a mission next door. And I, and I think that Christian capitalism is all about that. And uh, I was having a good talk with you, Todd, about your business. And you think about all the people that are employed there. You know, as you grow, they grow. Absolutely. In God's world of abundance, there is no uh, scarcity. And, you know, a rising tide right, uh, lifts all boats. That's what it's all about. So sure. I, that's the calling that I feel I have and other people like you who are in business. You know, we admire the other callings. But... As in the book Possum Ugly, all the animals had different skill sets, <laughs> and every every skill set was necessary to make it a whole. We all parts of God's body. I'm intrigued by your book, and it's uh, I have I, I want to order it. It's on Amazon, I believe. Again, uh, Possum Ugly, Possum name, Ugly, right? Yes. You can see it on Amazon. It's not a whole lot of money, I think, to uh, buy it. I was, it was like four bucks. No, right? it's very cheap. I yeah. just it, it wasn't about profit in that particular case. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing about it is, is I wrote it for my grandkids. And uh, long story short, when I began to write a financial book i ended up with not the right people to help me <laughs> i had paid them in advance because i trusted and so when it didn't come through i said well here's the deal i'm going to give you a, a children's book and they got that done nice. so possum ugly is a it's an ongoing story that i tell to my grandkids and uh i've always had this ability to tell them stories and uh about possum ugly and his gift was something most people would think was a curse is that he was very ugly but it came to be a gift that he used and as you read the book, you'll see that his other friends had other gifts, and together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's it. what the whole book's about. So, Todd, um, one thing we have in common is a big family business, and I think it's the Cajun Catholic way. You know, maybe not everyone in Acadiana works with their siblings and, and, and their extended family. We certainly do. I've got, I'm one of six boys. All the boys at some point were involved in the dealership, and uh so how, 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 you, how you balance that? Well, I do come from a long line of family businesses. My, my great-grandfather, along with my grandfather and great-uncle, uh, began a Vail Motor Company, which right. is, yeah. they sold Chevrolets over the years. It's no longer there. But uh, they worked together, so uh, it's, it wasn't new to me to work with family. I come from a farming family as well on the other side. And, uh, but we've always had a a motto that kind of gets it through all of us. And people say, how do y'all work together? Because I have my daughter, Amy. I've got my son, Marcus. My son-in-law, Josh, who's a CPA in our team. Uh, at one time, we had Jessica, who's my, my other daughter, who's in Iowa. And we always had this simple rule. It was that you had to try to give more than you get. Always take the smallest piece. And if we always tried to do that, then we would always get along because it's a juggling act to keep a family close. 
And uh, we laugh because we say we really don't have a lot of friends because we do everything as a family. And that's just, just the way it is, you know. My wife used to say, why don't y'all get together at Christmas? I'm like, I see them every day. I don't want to see <laughs> yeah. them at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But uh, but that's that's the way it is. And I, I think, I just feel there's a renaissance and a revival coming on about getting back to family and small. I think we've gotten too big in the, in the, in the world sometimes in terms of, of not connecting and uh, I think as opposed to going to uh, bigger is better, I think sometimes we need to reconnect on a small level and keep that relationship going. And, and that only comes if you get the compass with you. And that's, as I say, keep on where the power comes from. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Todd Veillon, and he's got a lot of initials behind his name because he's got a lot of uh, qualifications through his financial planning. But he is the founder and president of Capital Planning he is a soldier for Christ. I think that he definitely, he and I have a whole, whole lot in common. Uh, and I have a daughter named Jessica, too. How about that? So wow. we, <laughs> no it just keeps on going. <laughs> so my other daughter was in my office, and I told her you were coming this morning, and we were discussing it, and I showed her your book. So the word holistic is thrown around a lot. And yep. she, she, she interpreted her, her meaning of holistic. I actually had to Google it just because her version and mine weren't the same. So how would you describe holistic economic life planning? Which I, is I think it's, it's best said by Aristotle who said, I might butcher it, but I think he said that the, sum is greater than the, uh, the, the whole is greater than the sum of all its parts. That's what I see as holistic. And, and when it comes to the finance part, basically we've gotten away from understanding the way you put uh, the pieces on the chessboard. They've taken us and, and brought us into more risk as opposed to understanding true diversification, which I call real. And that stands for real estate, equities, annuities, and life insurance. So, uh, you know, things have changed a lot, but what hasn't changed is common sense and actuarial science. And they've taken that out of the financial picture. We help people to be safer and more liquid and less taxable. That's the key. All right, so I'm a slow learner, but her, her, her definition of holistic was like when you take organic things for healing. But that's not, I don't think that's right, right? It's well, more I like, guess it could be used in different contexts. Yeah. My thought process when I use the word holistic is that you're looking at the big picture, and uh, it's kind of like the forest for the trees thing, where uh, you, know, you have to look at all the, where you're trying to go and begin to... Give me a finite example of that in today's financial world. I know for me, like I told you, I'm losing my rear end in the stock market, you know, and, and maybe a more holistic approach would have been for me to diversify my portfolio. Is that sort of? Well, you know, here's the thing. You probably are more diversified than you do realize. And the fact is this. If you don't have to sell when the market's down because you have other buffer assets and alternative assets, you're okay. You just don't want to. I think today that the greed of Wall Street has convinced people to have more percentages and proportionate amounts in risk. And there are alternative strategies that will do extremely well over the long term that don't come with the market risk. And quite honestly, we don't have what the insiders have. They know mm -hmm. things are going to happen before they do. Let's just face it. So the average guy, the guy out in the street, middle America, upper middle America, trying to, they're the ones that need the most help, and that's who we cater to because they've got the tax burdens. That's interesting that you have a chapter named The Three-Legged Stool because immediately for me, I think of Curcio. You know, I think of the, the, the three, three, three legs of Curcio, which is action, piety, and study. And that's something that they ingrained in us when we walked out on how to keep our faith. But tell us about the, what's the three-legged in finance. It's, uh, I think, 
The thing about this is that people used to all have a three-legged stool. Basically, what they had was a pension from work, and they had Social Security, and they had savings, which was usually in cash value, life insurance, or different things that made sense that were taxed differently. Well, today, they've put people in a position where they, they've uh, driven them more towards having market money, but not enough savings, and pensions have virtually gone away. But we can recreate pensions, and that's where the annuities come in. So every tool has a purpose. And every, I look at financial assets as tools. It would be absurd for someone to think that they could build a house with a hammer. But ironically, we have people running around saying this hammer is the best thing. You need to have five hammers. <laughs> okay? But you need all of the tools to architecturally, soundly build a house. And it's the same with finance. It, it goes back to what our forefathers understood. And quite honestly, through marketing, they're... they're uh, leading us in the wrong direction. Most people are trying to do the right things, but in the wrong way, and it's not really their fault. That's all the information they're getting. We're digging deeper. That's what HELP is all about, holistic economic life plan. Todd, you mentioned it on an interview on Top of the Table, which I guess is the, 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 the best of the best in a financial group that you're in, and about gumbo and about how all Cajuns can cook. I'm listening to all that, you know, but uh, uh, when you think of Cajun Catholics, what do you think of, and, 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 and are you a, a, a good cook? <laughs> I like to believe I'm a good cook. My wife says she's better. Uh-huh, of course. And uh, well, my kids would probably agree with that to some degree because, uh, you know, I'm a really good cook at times, and then there's times when I burn it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm all, uh, if it's all in or not. Uh, but, no, we all can cook. And as, as Cajun guys, uh, we grew up learning to cook when we were in our teens. And, uh, you know, Dad would drop us off at the camp, and we'd spend the weekend hunting and cooking uh, as far back as being 13, 14 years old. So, but cooking, yeah, is a lot like finance and everything else in life. Uh, it takes proportions of the right ingredients. That's what makes a good gumbo, right? That's right. That's right. What's a unique Cajun dish in your family that, that uh, may be something a little bit unique? I, I do chicken and sausage gumbo. There's nothing unique about that, but I think I put like five different kinds of sausages, so that's my little twister. You know, but uh, you make your own roux? No. <laughs> hey, listen, I can smell Carrie's roux the factory from my office. Is that right? So, yeah, so I there's no Carrie's. sense. in hey, Look, I believe That's in spreading best. it all around. Look, yeah. there's people that do that, right? Right. That's <laughs> but, so funny. Uh, but seriously, uh, you know, we do, I would like to say that probably our thing is, is gumbo. Yeah. And the thing about the gumbo is we keep it simple. Because it's it's a right it's about the right proportions. It's not about adding a lot of funky stuff in it. Right. You know? No doubt. That's how it. I see it. <laughs> All right. I have to always ask tough questions on the show. You know, tell me about um uh as a Catholic and when you when you would approach a non Catholic and they would say that Jesus is physically present in the Eucharist, how would you explain that? I would have to say that without a doubt that is the case, and if not for that there is no Catholic Church. Bottom line. Yeah. And uh, I just really pray for those that don't know that. And I think we need to continue to pray for people to come to the realization of, of one of the greatest gifts in the Catholic Church is that. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I'll share with the, the listeners that I went to Mass in Monterey, California, which is a beautiful place. And I didn't play Pebble Beach, but we played a, a golf course near there. But we went to Mass Sunday morning, and it was this beautiful old, old church that was founded by uh, St. Junipero Cerro. Well, the thing that blew me away is, and it is the wine country, right? But they serve the wine in the chalice, and I haven't seen that in three years probably. You know, I don't know if you have. 
But, you know, I challenge the Louisiana priest, the bishop, if he's out there, don't be mad at me. But, you know, we need to, we need to bring that back. You know, you don't have to partake, right? But, um, but I did, and, and it's scary. A lot of the people in the church had masks on anyway. But, boy, of all places, you wouldn't think you'd get the chalice in California. Isn't that something? Yeah, that is. Yeah, I was very surprised. But uh, so you, you you mentioned Matthew Kelly. Who are, who are some of your? Uh, you obviously read a lot of religious books. Uh, uh, who, who are some of the people that you that you follow? Well, uh, ironically, one of them is long ago with us, but no, uh, there was uh, uh, Bishop Sheen. Mm-hmm. And I, I read a, a book recently that he wrote, which is a Declaration of Dependence, and it was in my opinion, phenomenal, okay? And the thing about it is, is what he said was, we, we just have to get back to realizing in this country and recommitting to our dependence on God. Mm. And he wrote this book way back in the 40s and 50s, I think it was. And ironically, it seems like he could have written it yesterday. One thing that really struck me in the book is he said that, you know, the wars that happen and everything bad that happens, he says, it isn't really that God causes that. It's baked into the cake, so to speak. When you go away from his ways and his natural laws, there's going to be things that occur. And it's almost like a fire burning the forest and new growth comes from it. Mm. It's just the way it is. So the, the, so the, my, my, my urgency is to share with people that the, the more that we turn to Jesus Christ, the better the world's going to get. It's going to happen automatically as we change our focus away from the world and back towards the things that we were raised to know and believe. I love that, you know, and I think this is something you and I have in common. We'll speak a little bit to the power of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit Amen. definitely guides me in my business life. And I think it's something that I'm not shy to talk about. Uh, I go to adoration on Friday mornings and been doing that a long time. And really, that's my quiet time to set the table for things that happen at work. And and I guess most people would say maybe that's not what we're supposed to be thinking about, maybe when we're in a religious setting. But but it's a part of my life. And uh, and I know it's a big part of yours because it's inspired you to, to, to do your books. You know, I believe for a Catholic and a, a Christian capitalist, so to speak, I believe that there is no separation between God, motivation, and money. I know that sounds different to different people, but I want, to, I want you to understand the context I'm coming from. With money just being a tool, everything comes from God. So motivation does, money does. God, motivation, and money is always what my YouTube channel is about, Christian capitalism, is to people to realize that those are gifts. And together, we can do anything, together. But we have to remember who is God, and it's not us. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Just a few minutes left on the show. Just been a, a very much of a blessing to have you today. And uh, amongst many of the things we have in common, we also have our first name in common. <laughs> yeah. Great name, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, and and uh, anyway, um, so what's on the horizon now? You got this is a guy who has big plans. And, and I did want to ask you the question because I went through Dale Carnegie and I'm, I was curious if you had ever done that. And I know you're very intrigued with public speaking. I'll you tell know. you a story about that. Yeah. I, uh, I've read Dale Carnegie, but never attended the course. Uh But uh, from an early age, I wanted to speak. But to be honest, I was scared. And I was very scared of flying as well. I did not speak publicly, other than at a pep rally for a football game, (laughs) you know, in high school. But I didn't speak publicly till I was probably my Mm mid-40s. And, you know, the Holy Spirit took the fear of flying away from me and the fear of speaking. 
you know, it, it was amazing. I mean, I, and that's one thing I always say. I said, you know, there are miracles all around us that aren't so obvious if you just open your eyes. The fact that, Todd, you're breathing right now, there's a lot of things having to happen for that to happen. I think that we should all be more aware. And, and in my life, it's clearly a miracle because I have absolutely no fear of flying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't speak enough. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. So I just think for some reason, uh, you put it on my heart that that's my small way. Like I like to say, if uh, if I can get to one or two people that that are, their lives improved because of something I said, then it was well worth it. This must be for you. I picked this up this week, and it's got to be for you. So I learned that St. Paul, uh, after he – I don't think he ever fell off a horse. I think that's a horse story. But he, <laughs> he got blinded, right? And uh, I don't think the horse was ever mentioned. But most people think that was his conversion. It was his conversion. But most people don't know that it took him three years before he spoke publicly and, and began to, uh, to, to, to apostolize. I did not know that. You knew that. And, and, and so I thought that was really intriguing to me. And, and, and in those three years, you know, they think that that's where he studied. That's where he let the Holy Spirit, you know, totally saturate his, his mind, body, and heart and, 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 and learn from others and went private and then, then at some point, he turned it on, you know. So that's you. I mean, that's you right now. Well, you I know think. what? It was worth driving here today just to hear that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Tri- I like to trivia people, and I and I said the trivia wrong. I said, when did Paul have his conversion after the uh, he got knocked down? Well, that wasn't exactly it, because he, he converted at that moment. You know, the Bible states that I think he began to immediately fall in love with Christ. But, but, but fun fact, you know, he didn't go public with his ministry till three years later, so... I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good too. stuff Saint, for all of Saint us. St. Paul's awesome. Yeah, so, okay, so just like I said, a minute or so left on the show, but sh- share with us, you know, where do you think your life is headed? I know you've, man, you, you've done so much already, but I, I feel like you got a lot a lot more to go, and you, you're going in a direction, but wh- where where do you hope that's it's going to take you? Well, it's it's those three things, God, motivation, and money. What I hope to do is to is to help to change the mindset of individuals in this country to realize that yes we'll only be good if we're one nation under god and yes we do need to strive to be successful okay not to be ashamed of success because we want the money and the power to be in the hands of god-fearing christian people that's where the that's where it'll do the most good in society so in every uh, circumstance that we can help them to plan to not overpay on their taxes because let's just be real okay our federal government is not supporting our values Mm -hmm. at this point in time we just have to be real about it so what do we do we've got to build plans to be successful as christians and as catholics to help as many people as we can before the federal government got involved in education and charity it was the churches you know yeah i noticed in your book you you really highlighted humility as being something that's super important in your business life and I think we need that in politics, and um, and we need we need good politicians. And you know, um, I don't know. You know, if if one of us don't step up and do that, then we got to find somebody who will that that's in line with our values. And I know that's a big thing for you as well. I, I totally know? agree with that. We need we have more people that need to go in and not build a career of it, but basically go to serve, and uh, to try to get the the things we value done. Awesome, and, and uh, we need to pray for those people and support them when we do see these people, you know, that are not politicians get involved. We need to get involved in helping them. All right, so tell us where we can find your book. It's called Money Help Holistic Economic Life Planning. Yes, you can go. You can find it on Amazon as well as my Possum Ugly book. Yeah, uh, you also can go to Help 
at capitalplanningteam.com. If you email us, uh, we'll send you a copy of the book, free. You won't even have to buy it. We'll visit with you on the phone and just uh, share our story with you. That's it. And what's your email? How do we, how do, we do that? Help, H-E-L-P, at capitalplanningteam.com. And that's capital with an A-L. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We look forward to more thank books. Thank you for bringing me in, brother. Uh, just been a blessing to me. And, and know that you'll be in my prayers, and I ask for yours. Same here. All right, my friend. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. We always challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.